to Women's Health, Wisdom, and Wine, a weekly conversation with practitioners, providers, patients, and healers about complex reproductive medicine and women's health challenges, the value of an integrative approach to these challenges, many of the women's health topics you're already thinking about but uncomfortable talking about, and my personal favorite, wine. I'm your host, Dr. Lorena White, an integrative reproductive medicine and women's health provider, licensed acupuncturist, clinical herbalist, and a former labor support doula in the Washington, D.C. metro area. My goal is to bring women's health-specific evidence and expertise to the forefront of daily women's health and wellness news through informative conversations. If you have ideas, questions, and specific topics that you would like us to cover in future podcast episodes, please leave them in the comment section or send us an email at info at To learn more about our team's approach to care, visit our website at www.larenawhite.com. As you enjoy the podcast, conversations, and wine time, remember to follow the podcast, leave a five-star rating, and tap on the bell to make sure you never miss an episode. Let us know what is your favorite topic, who has been your favorite guest, and who would you like to hear from on the next pod. Most importantly, share the podcast and your favorite episode with a friend or colleague. Lastly, remember that this podcast is not designed to be a substitute for a bona fide relationship with a licensed or certified healthcare professional. Coming up, I talk with Dr. Yug Barma about acne as a skin health and mental health condition, the three different types of skin, and Cutibacterium acne's overgrowth. So grab yourself a glass of Sauvignon Grease and let's join the conversation. We spend a great deal of time discussing all aspects of health, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and even vocational. However, some health conditions affect all aspects of health and take a toll on the levels at the same time, on all levels at the same time and in very distinct ways. While we offer facial rejuvenation and cosmetic acupuncture, adult acne is one of those conditions that damages the skin and is equally damaging to one's self-esteem and overall psyche. So Dr. Varma, please introduce yourself and talk with us about adult onset acne. Hey, Lorena. Uh, Great to be on your podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, You're welcome. I'm Yog. I'm the founder of Phyla, and uh, my background is that I'm a scientist. Um, I got my PhD from Johns Hopkins. Uh, I did a postdoc after that at UCSF and then founded the company right after. Um, I've been focusing on my work in microbiome research for the last 12 years. Um, And it's a pretty new field, but one that I feel that a lot of people have heard about. They're interested in the microbiome, what it could do for them and, and, you know, um, what learning more about, you know, how it interacts with our health, which I think is a very important topic. Um, and you know what's really been fun is to see uh, obviously a lot of technology come out of the microbiome space, uh, mm. but also uh, you know insights from microbiome research fairly rapidly being um, incorporated into products, and that's what really excites me. And so today I'm you know I'm here to talk about sort of the latest microbiome insights into acne, adult acne specifically, um, and you know what people can do about it, uh, who have it, and um, how they can educate themselves a little more. Excellent, excellent. So let's first talk about what causes adult acne. What are possible reasons and why do adults start getting acne in the first place? Yeah, um, so 
let's get into the foundations, right? What causes sure. acne and what really drives it? Um, so acne is a complicated condition. It's caused by um, a number of factors and influenced by factors like diet, stress, hormones, genetics, etc. Right. But um, seen through a microbiome lens, which you know is sort of the latest insight we have in in the subject, um, it's really driven by the overgrowth of one bacteria on our skin. Okay. Now, this bacterium is called QT bacterium acnes or C acnes, and mm-hmm. uh, it's present on everyone's skin. It's on your skin. It's on my skin. It's guaranteed to be on the skin of every adult who's listening to this podcast. Obviously, all of us don't have acne, uh, and the reason is that. C. acnes is supposed to be on your skin, but when it's a part of a balanced microbiome, then you are healthy and you don't have any inflammation and you don't have any acne. It's only when it overgrows beyond a certain point that you generate that inflammation and your body responds with the inflammation that you basically see on your face as acne. Mm-hmm. Now, how do all those other factors that I mentioned earlier, diet, stress, hormones, genetics fit in? Uh, let's take diet, for example. Now, the way the bacteria overgrows is that the number one food for it is an uh, oil that is naturally produced on our face called sebum. Um, so when we overproduce sebum, the bacteria sees that, eats it, overgrows and causes a problem. Now, all of those factors like you know, diet, for example, can affect sebum production. Now, not everyone is highly sensitive to diet in their acne and some people are. And for those people, they may have different drivers. Some people, it may be spicy food. For some people, it may be oily food or some people, it may be chocolate. Mm -hmm. So what's happening is those specific foods for those specific people, when they eat those foods, their body reacts and responds by producing more oil on their face. Bacteria sees the oil, overgrows, bam, you've got acne. Mm -hmm. Um, So Again, a lot of people think, oh, if the oil is the problem, then I got to dry out my skin. Um, And that's not a great solution because the oil is naturally produced for a reason and has a very important lubricating and protective effect on your skin. So when you're chronically drying out your skin, you're uh, damaging your skin, you're leaving it exposed to the elements, you're causing premature fine lines, wrinkles, aging to happen. Um, and overall, it's just not a great way to nourish your skin. So the, okay. the root cause beyond that is the C. acne's overgrowth, because if you can control the growth of the bacteria, you can sweat as much as you want. You can mm-hmm. have as much oil on your face as you want. If the bacteria is kept in check through another means, then uh, you can have a balanced microbiome. And it's, right. you know, just rounding out this question, it's, it's the same thing for hormones. Hormonal levels dictate um, how much sebum is produced on your skin. Um, mm-hmm. Genetics, some people have large pores, small pores, some people have oilier skin, some people have less oily skin. All of that basically drives C. acne's overgrowth through the um, production of sebum. And so right. because bacterial overgrowth is the true cause of of acne uh, and by the way all uh, active ingredients for acne target bacterial growth it's really important to start with that uh, and then see how can we balance our microbiome in the gentlest most uh, complete way possible absolutely and i heard multiple things in that response we talked about hormonal fluctuations you talked about you know, not drying out the skin because it can be even more dangerous than, you know, the acne, you know, having the acne itself. Um, 
and also just the you know the underlying causes and dealing with the bacterial overgrowth Mm -hmm. but is based on what you said is that the reason why women tend to get adult acne acne more than men yes the stats are that um currently about half of women in their 20s and a third of women in their 30s have acne and so it's a huge percentage of the population. And so for anyone out there who has adult acne and may be embarrassed by it or feel like, hey, I should have sort of outgrown this beyond my college years, don't be, uh, you're not alone. So don't right. be embarrassed or, you know, don't uh, worry about it. It's a, it's a problem that a lot of people have. It's a problem that a lot of people deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, the numbers for men in their 20s is about 43%. So it's not far away from 50%, right? Right. Um, and the number in for men instead of 33% is about high 20s. And so over time, the number of women being affected is, is slightly larger. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't exactly know why that is, but it is a good reasoning that uh, it's sort of the fact that women have hormonal fluctuations um, and uh those kind of separate women from men over time is is thought to be the reason okay and um yeah for a lot of older women uh, or adult women with adult acne um a lot of their acne is hormonal and hormonally driven so hormones are sort of the key driver there so what does i guess when you're looking at adolescent acne and adult acne is there a difference in what hormonal acne looks like in adults than what it may look like in adolescents um it, it may not be different you know it, it really depends from person to person there are you know kids who as teenagers never get acne and then there are mm-hmm. adults who have like pretty severe acne and it's it's driven you know hormonally so okay. um to to the people who are suffering from teenage acne, it's often um, more kind of all over the place. And the reason, again, is if it's hormonally driven, very understandably, teenage years are a time of raging hormones, right? And right. that affects your skin um, as well as a lot of your, your, like your mood and, and your mm-hmm. um, kind of growing up so um, that's certainly a case whereas in adults especially in women they often fall into a pattern of kind of hormonal acne uh, where a lot of women a lot of our customers say hey I know when I'm going to get an acne outbreak um, where I'm going to get it you know a lot of people have problem areas uh, that you know acne strikes the worst uh, and they sort of live in dread or or sort of those are the times when they kind of have to hide their face or they don't feel super mm-hmm. confident. And, and we're right. trying to change all that. Yeah. And when you were talking before, you also mentioned like, a, I guess, a subset uh, of stress acne. How does that differ and how does it manifest? And coupled with all the, you know, the different types of manifestations, what role does um, one's own immune system play the strength of one's immune system play in the manifestation of in either of these types of acne um you know because the root cause driving all of these types of acne right whether you have hormonal or mild moderate severe or cystic acne or Mm -hmm. you know stress-induced acne um because this the root cause driving all of this is the overgrowth of c acne's bacteria a lot of these acne look the same, you know, 
the okay. time that the timing with which they strike the areas in which they you know kind of strike you will differ from person to person because each person obviously has their individual acne history skin type etc um okay and in terms of how the immune system plays a role the immune system is really what responds to the overgrowth of bacteria on our skin okay. um and when it specifically encounters an overgrowth of c acnes which is the dominant bacteria on our face then it responds with inflammation um this inflammation looks like pimples and zits um and you know it's it's often a recurring problem until you deal with it constructively um right. and so for example we have three kinds of skin on our on our body we have the oily mm-hmm. skin which is our face our upper chest and upper back Right. We have dry skin which is most of our body arms and legs torso etc. We have the wet parts of our skin which is under the armpits in the groin area where you know there's a lot of moisture. Um mm-hmm. and those are the three major types. So there's the oily, the dry and the wet. You'll only get acne in the oily skin type because the sebum is the food for the bacteria. Got right? the acnes. And so you'll never have mm-hmm. acne on your knee for example. Um right. <laughs> and so um the other sort of corollary of this is that if you have chest acne or if you have back acne again driven by the exact same cause of acne on your face a lot of our customers come to us saying hey i have back acne i i exercise a lot i sweat a lot right like mm-hmm. um i get a lot of this and i need to deal with it Right. Um, product works for them. Um a lot of our customers say, "Hey, do you have do you, does your product come in larger volumes, larger product <laughs> sizes because I'm going through a lot of product here." Right. Um, unfortunately, we 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 can't help them there, but you know, we're happy to ship them a couple of uh bottles of serum. Right. So, um you know, understanding how it's driven really helps demystify what's going on and then helps you right. kind of address what how how to deal with your situation. Absolutely. So before we dive into concrete solutions, let's highlight all the wild things that people do to address acne and while they're not beneficial and potentially harmful. So what are some of the things that you know people do to address their acne that you know for a fact they're either harming themselves or making the situation worse? Oh, you know, I mean, I'll start off by saying that we are probably the most um, you know, as as a cohort as 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 a people in in a time um uh, that we live we are probably the most um educated skincare consumers we've ever been mm-hmm. we know what ingredients we like what we don't like where we want them sourced from how we want them sourced however when it comes to acne um it's really interesting to see how much misinformation there is how much people are kind of stumbling around and um laboring under misconceptions and it really is right. my mission and our company's mission to help people understand their acne a little bit better understand right. what's driving it and then help make their best decision for themselves right um so in terms of things that people try that aren't probably most constructive uh people will try and squeeze lemon juice on their face mm-hmm. uh people will try for you know use toothpaste as spot treatment mm-hmm. um and i understand why where this is coming from because all of these um approaches they all have one thing in common which is that they're antibacterial in nature right so right, toothpaste right. is soap for your skin for your teeth right so kind of soap so you're trying to sort of wash out or or clean out your pores with those uh toothpaste. Um lemon juice is acidic and uh, the acidity helps to discourage bacteria from 
you know overgrowing on your skin it's something that your skin naturally does as well it maintains an acidic ph um however the the lemon juice isn't going to do much because cutibacterium is a pretty acid tolerant bacterium It, it lives and you know resides very happily in this acid uh acidic area that of your skin Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes people can do a lot of damage. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, popping pimples, picking at zits, absolutely should not be done because it can lead to scarring and um, um, scarring that you know is really hard to get rid of in the long term. Right. So uh, we're always trying to educate people and give them you know better resources so that they can become not just great skincare consumers but great acne skincare consumers. Right. Absolutely. In previous episodes, we've talked about the gut microbiome. So tell us now what the skin, the microbiome of the skin reveals about acne. I think you started touching on that a little bit before in terms of the three different types of skin. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I'll start with this observation that we basically have a a, um, rainforest's worth of diversity on our skin um, and in our gut. And this rainforest is invisible to us because its trees are made up of bacteria, viruses, and fungi, microorganisms that we cannot see. Mm-hmm. And this community of microbes together is uh, what we call a microbiome. It lives okay. on us and in us. It protects us and keeps us healthy. Now, just like a rainforest, a healthy microbiome is in balance and a healthy microbiome is incredibly protective to us. But when we get a chronic bacterial disease, acne is a great example of one on the skin. Uh, But there are many examples in skin health, gut health, even oral health, where um, a chronic bacterial disease is caused by one bacteria overgrowing and causing an imbalance, um, leading to disease and really driving the disease. And the solution then to get back to health is to get back to a state of microbial balance, right? Your microbiome has to be balanced because then you're not generating inflammation and you are um, actually, your microbiome is fulfilling its protective function. So how do we get to that balance from a state of imbalance? And what are we doing right now to, you know, like how do the acne products that we take normally affect that? Mm -hmm. Um, So what really drives Acne is that imbalance, Um, but in this imbalanced rainforest, and the analogy here would be, you know, an invasive plant growing out of control, Mm -hmm. we use products for acne that are antibacterial. Benzoyl peroxide, antibiotics, retinoids are all antibacterial in nature. However, they kill the bad bacteria, but they don't stop there. They kill the good bacteria as well. So it's like looking at a rainforest, looking at one plant kind of overgrowing and taking over, and your response is to burn it down and create a desert. (laughs) And that's not a great response, right? That doesn't sound good at all. (laughs) Yeah, you want to go in, you want to, you know, rip out those invasive plants and stop them from overgrowing and return to a state of balance. Um, And so it's really important to understand that and go say hey I'm, I'm here at a state of imbalance and you go to a state of balance i don't want to create another kind of imbalance by using harsh ingredients because yes i will see results in the short term but those right. results will not sustain and i'm doing so much damage to my skin by allowing redness dryness irritation inflammation and worse you know retinoids like accutane have horrible side effects um liver damage 
uh, birth defects, risk of depression and suicide. Um, and, and, you know, one thing we haven't talked about a lot is, um, uh, and I think needs to be appreciated more, is how acne is not just a skin disease, it's a mental health disease as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, from you know, from our standpoint, um, supporting our customers, supporting people with acne through all of this, including the mental health piece, mm-hmm. and uh, educating them about what the products they're currently taking do to their skin and, and you know right. what they're looking for is is really important for us. Yes, I love that. And again, we talked about that early on about how it affects the psyche, and we can say that you know that you're not alone, but in the moment you are alone because you're staring at your face in the mirror. You're, and if you can see it, you know, others can too. And just being hyper-focused on, you know, all the, what the blemishes and the, you know, the, the skin, you know, that people see that can't be covered up. It's not something that we, um, outside of the mask that some of us, you know, have to wear, you know, still doing during COVID, it's still not common, um, that we're, you know, your people are going to have to see your face eventually. And that's not something that we can usually hide behind. So that is very important that it's, you know, affects mental health, not just the skin health. So we hear a lot about pre pro and postbiotics, and it can be so confusing. So what do all these terms mean? And how do they relate to acne? Yes. Um, the best way to talk about it, I find is to talk about it in the context of a tree, right? Let's say it's a fruit tree and it produces fruit. So the bacteria we um, have in our gut and the probiotics that we take, right? From fermented foods, um, yogurt, kimchi, sauerkraut, et cetera, um, Mm -hmm. or that, you know, you take in the form of a probiotic capsule, they all are beneficial because um, not only are they harmless to our body, but they actively produce molecules that our body recognizes, likes, and that mm-hmm. promotes health, right? So if you think of it as a, a tree in an orchard that produces fruit, uh, the reason we cultivate that tree is because it gives us fruit, right? And we right, enjoy right. the fruit and that the fruit is beneficial to us. So. Postbiotics are essentially those small molecules that are beneficial, produced by these beneficial bacteria that help our body, um, you know, create a a good environment that's free of inflammation and and highly productive uh, and and bring your body to a state of health. So those postbiotics, those small molecules have, some of them have been identified and, you know, some companies take those postbiotics and they say, hey, why don't we just bypass the probiotic? We right. were keeping this probiotic around because it produces this postbiotic. Why don't we just deliver the postbiotic? So there's a couple of caveats there. The first is the pro- postbiotic is produced in the perfect quantity at the perfect time in the perfect place in our gut, mm-hmm. in our body. A pill cannot do that. Right. The second is um, we only know about the postbiotics we know about, which is to say that a Bacterium produces a huge array of molecules in mm-hmm. different concentrations at different times. And we only know about a small subset of them. And so eating a postbiotic pill is absolutely not the same as consuming probiotics in the right amount, right? So right. Um, it's again, it, you can either, uh, you know, create the fruit in a, in a lab, in a Petri dish, you know, like how we're trying to create meat in a Petri dish. And you can say, oh, you know, that's my postbiotic. Or you can uh, have more of the post probiotic, right? Like plant more trees in your orchard to get more fruit. 
Um, and that's sort of the, the probiotic approach where you try to populate your gut with these living factories that are producing the right, the night, you know, happy molecules at the right time in the right place. And then there is the sort of fertilization of the tree. So if you have trees in your orchard and you want them to grow big and tall, you want them to produce more fruit, you fertilize them at the right times in the year, etc. So prebiotics are those fertilizers that encourage the, the probiotics to grow uh, really well, really rapidly, uh, so that they can deliver this benefit, so that they can right. give you their fruits. Um, and so they're, they're basically different you know, techniques, different approaches towards cultivating a harmonious balance of gut bacteria. Okay. Um, you either fertilize it by, and encourage existing probiotics to grow more by adding mm -hmm. prebiotics to your diet. You can just add more bacteria to your gut by adding probiotics. Or you can say, hey, I want to do an end run on these living factories that are producing happy molecules. I'll just right. eat the one or two happy molecules that I know of. Okay. All right. And so as we talk about acne, can you further explain the current approaches to acne treatment and what does the future of acne treatment look like? Yeah, I mean, as I said, a lot of acne treatments, well, all of them really are antibacterial in nature because the driving cause of acne is bacterial. And we've known this for many years. The problem is we've never had a tool or a way to kill just the bad bacteria and, right. you know, without hurting the good bacteria, but also encouraging the good bacteria in the meantime to grow, build a more resilient and hardy uh, microbiome community. So what we do now is, like I said, turning that rainforest into a desert, right? Right, right. And um, the reason that, that it doesn't help is not only does it bring the harsh side effects, redness, dryness, irritation, inflammation, but it also causes a lot of relapses. And the reason is, now that you have denuded this rainforest, now that you've cut it down and it is now a desert, there's nothing to protect you. Right. Uh, because, you know, let's take benzoyl peroxide, for example. Benzoyl peroxide is very harsh. You cannot tolerate it for more than a you know, couple of months at a time. Right. And when you stop, you have... Um, you know, taken away, stripped your skin of the microbiome, the protective layer on your skin. So when the bacteria grows back, once you stop using benzoyl peroxide, there's nothing to stop it from growing more aggressively than before because there is no balanced skin community to um, um, sort of hold it back. So we know that this one bacteria drives disease. If we can keep it under control, not only do we not have to do it with, without, with side effects, right? We can eliminate redness, dryness, irritation. Not only do we um, then build a more resilient community that mm -hmm. affects you know, us not getting relapses, uh, right. because now you're building a more protective layer that can handle itself when the bad bacteria grows back. Um, and so if you can just kill the bad bacteria without hurting the good bacteria, then you've got a great solution, a great solution you can apply without harshness for right. years and months, because that's the age, uh, that's the timeline in which you get acne, you know. No one says, oh, remember those two weekends I had acne in eighth grade and then I never got it again. No, you have right. acne over months and years. And you need a right. product that's gentle enough and um, uh, sort of uh, targeted enough 
without hurting the rest of your skin that you can use for months and years. Wow. And yeah, that makes all the sense, especially when, you know, you're going through that during adolescence. And like you said, it's not, you know, a simple pimple. Um, mm-hmm. This is now something that's, you know, in a phase of chronicity and has a you know tendency to last over a period of years. So that definitely makes sense and being able to have healthy um, skin during that time. So as we uh, move on, I'd like to like just talk about the beauty products that are currently online. And there are a lot of them. And there are a lot that are supposedly designed specifically to address acne. Talk to us about the role of bacteriophages in skincare and beauty and how Phyla does a better job than what's currently out there. Yeah. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about needing to kill the bad bacteria and, and um, not kill the good bacteria. And the question is, okay, if that's a solution, it's very elegant, it's very simple, but how do we do it? You know, how does right. one go about this? Up until recently, we have not had any um, tools available or any therapies or any products available that can actually do this right. um, until now. So the technology that Phyla, my company, is pioneering is called phage technology or bacteriophage technology. So okay. what are bacteriophages? They are harmless little viruses that live in, in an, on our body. They're actually abundant in uh, everywhere around us in our environment. So uh, they're in seawater, they're in uh, soil, and billions of phages pass through our body harmlessly every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're sort of this invisible organism that is just all around us that our body doesn't really interact with. However, phages have two superpowers. The first is that they're nature's best killer of bacteria, nature's best defense against bacteria. Right. And second superpower is that it's incredibly specific. Um, so a C. acne phage that we use in, in our acne products will kill only the acne bacteria and not any other bacteria on your skin. We've okay. known this, we've tested this as well in our labs. There's a very interesting observation around these particular phages that we use and acne. So in 2016, there was a study carried out looking at people with acne and people with healthy skin, comparing their microbiomes to see if we can pick out some systematic differences between the two. So maybe we can predict who will get acne down the line and who won't. Right. The only difference and the most significant difference that was found between the two is that people who have healthy skin have a lot of C. acne phages on their skin. It's very wow. easy to find those phages on their skin. And people without um, uh, healthy skin, so people with acne, they don't have these phages on their skin at all. Mm. And so this gives rise to a very interesting hypothesis, which is, you know, we all have annoying friends who <laughs> never shower, never, you know, wash their skin, eat whatever they want, and never get acne, never get a zit in their life. They just wake up looking amazing. Right. And the rest of us are on the straight and narrow, you know, watching our diet, you know, washing religiously twice a day and wondering what we've done to deserve it. Well, right. people with those with, with amazingly healthy skin, chances are they're carrying this phage naturally on their skin. And the phage wow. is, uh, you know, responsible for keeping the, the levels of acne bacteria in check. Yeah. So our goal at Phyla was to democratize this organism, put it in a bottle and make it available to everyone. So wow. You may not be born with it, but you have the opportunity to balance your microbiome in a totally natural and gentle way with this organism. 
Wow. Now that sounds nice to me. I like that approach. I love that. So let's dive in and like really talk about Phyla, like, you know, from its inception to now, what do you feel like some of your major accomplishments are and, you know, where can people start to, you know, get this so they can start, you know, taking effective steps to uh, address their acne in a healthy way? Yeah. So the Phyla system, which is, you know, our flagship product, and it's really the only product we sell, is very simple. It's three uh, steps, uh, a cleanser, a serum, mm -hmm. and a moisturizer. Okay. Um, the cleanser has salicylic acid and tea tree oil, which is wonderful. It opens up your pores. Um, it gently exfoliates your skin and gets it ready for receiving the serum. Okay. The serum has our special sauce, uh, the live active phages that okay. can drop into your your pores of your skin and start acting immediately, um, encountering the C. acne's bacteria that's overgrowing and reducing its uh, amount on the skin. Okay. The third product is a moisturizer because a lot of people have dry, damaged skin, especially after years of trying, you know, harsh and uh, degrading acne acne products. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of people feel the need to, you know, round off for the moisturizing cream to prevent, you know, tightness, dryness, and help with irritation as well. Um, and so really simple three-step system can fit any regimen, uh, easy to use twice a day. Um, in terms of bringing this product to the market, I think we've overcome a number of different hurdles. Yeah. The first was just doing the R&D. So mm -hmm. in the beginning, our work was uh, funded by the NIH. We got a grant okay. funded to carry out the basic science research required in order to understand this technology and bring it closer to reality. Okay. The second, uh, it was, you know, going from the lab, going from a test tube into a bottle. So mm -hmm. how, learning how to manufacture the phages, learning how to formulate them, learning how to stabilize them in formulation, it was a two-year process. And okay. um, when I describe this to people in the cosmetic industry, they think we're crazy. <laughs> of course. Because what, <laughs> yeah, because what we did was we started saying, Let's take the phage and every single ingredient in turn and add the phage to one ingredient, let it sit and observe how it does. Then go to the second ingredient and the third and the fourth. Then do you know two ingredients together with phage. Then do three ingredients together with phage and build up a right. formula that way. No one does formula development that way because it's incredibly difficult. It's incredibly yep. time consuming and very laborious. Right. But because we were at the forefront of the science and we were gaining knowledge that no one actually had. Um, it was a, you know, brave, bold exercise into the unknown. Right, um, right. And then finally, I think the third really important thing that was the culmination of all of this was our clinical trial. So we ran a clinical trial um, in 2019 to 2020 um, to look at the effect of phages, our technology in acne. And what we walked away with, the knowledge, was really significant. So we learned that this product is absolutely safe, zero side effects from any of our patients in the trial, and we've carried this forward in the real world with you know thousands, probably tens of thousands of customers right now who face zero side effects. Um, the second was that it effectively lowers the amounts of C. acnes, the acne bacteria on the skin. And since mm -hmm. this bacteria drives acne, it's a really significant result. Right. The third is, okay, you've reduced the acne bacteria, but all anyone cares about is, did you treat my acne, right? Right, right. How do I look? What does my face look like? <laughs> yeah. Am I just gone? That's what I care about. Right. 
Uh, and the, so the answer to that was yes, uh, we saw a sign statistically significant reduction in right. acne lesions over the course of the um, study period. And the fourth uh, uh, sort of question we asked ourselves was, what is this doing to microbiome diversity? Because, you know, remember about the rainforest, a diverse, right. balanced rainforest is critical to long-term skin health. Um, and what we found was that our phage treatment drove an astounding increase in microbiome diversity in just mm -hmm. an eight-week period. It's something that wow. we were surprised to see as well, just how uniform it was and the extent to which it enriched yeah. the microbiome. And this is wow. really important for a couple of reasons. The first is that um, across the world, whether you are in Asia or Africa or Europe or America, um, the incidence of acne is about 85%. Almost all mm. of us get it at some point in our life. Right. However, there are small pockets of humanity where acne is not known to exist. Uh, one such population is the Yanomami tribal people of the Amazon, where mm -hmm. acne is not known. No one in their tribe has acne. No one's ever had acne. Kids don't get acne. Teenagers don't. Adults, it doesn't exist. Wow. 85%. Versus zero percent. Zero, right. Difference, right? <laughs> different. The difference is their skin microbiome is incredibly diverse. Mm. And so if we can drive an increase in microbiome diversity over time, then what we can say is, hey, not only did we ha get rid of your acne for the short term, but you can keep it off for the long term. Yes. And, you know, talking about mental health, how acne affects your face, which is kind of how would you present to the world? Mm -hmm. You can't hide your face. Um, it's really, really important. It's really, really important for your sense of self, your mental health, your relationships with others, professionally and personally. Um, yeah. And so we take that really seriously. And um, it's it's really gratifying to see the effects we've had on people's lives. And, and yeah. you can measure that by, you know, reading the reviews on our site, honest reviews by, you know, verified buyers who just are speaking from the heart. So... Yeah. Uh, you can find our reviews, you can find our science, our clinical trial, and our products at our website, phylabiotics.com. Uh, the company is Phyla, P-H-Y-L-A, and the uh, website is phylabiotics.com. We're also on socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, at phylabiotics. So um, go to our website. That's primarily where you'll find all of this information and our products. Um, learn more about the science of acne and the clinical trial we ran and make the best decision for yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Any other parting words or any other um, additional resources you suggest for our listeners who are interested in exploring more about their, these new approaches? I know you gave us the website and you gave us um, that content, but are there any other approaches that they could need to combine with um, the phyla treatment to mm -hmm. further enhance um, their outcomes? That's a great question, Lorena, because I think um, everyone knows that acne is such a personal problem, not just because, you know, you have it and it affects your persona, but because um, every person's skin history, their acne, their skin type is different. And we treat each customer as an individual. Yeah. So what we've done is not just make the product available, but also make other additional resources available that are really supportive to our customers. So we have an esthetician and a dietitian, well, multiple estheticians and dietitians on staff who um, have uh, who you can book a consult with and oh, who great. can guide you through understanding better your 
makeup regimen, your skincare regimen, how it fits into Phyla and how you can maybe optimize it or remove some of the unwanted products that will save you money and time, of mm-hmm. course, but also, you know, get you clearer skin. Um, yes. And uh, likewise for diet, because as we mentioned, diet is a component of acne and, and a lot of people struggle with their diet. So we have a dietitian to help with that. Um, and, and it's really about t- uh, treating acne in a holistic way, right? Yes. Not just hitting this or that, because we've had 40, 50, 60 years of that with harsh products. Right. Um, and we know the damage that they've done. So if people are interested in getting clear skin without the damage, a lot of the time our instinct is to reach for something that we've heard a lot about, right? Mm-hmm. The brands you've heard about for acne or saying, oh, I have acne, so I'll go for benzoyl peroxide. Right. Well, I would argue that you should put phyla at the top of that list. Phyla should be Absolutely. the first thing that you try. <laughs> because it's so gentle, because it's so targeted, and because it won't do all this damage to your skin. So obviously every product isn't 100%. And if you decide to move on from Phyla to benzoyl peroxide and and don't find that effective and go to Accutane or whatever, and the nuclear option, at least you'll start with not doing the damage to your skin uh, and finding a gentler way to to treat your uh, acne issues. I really love that you brought into the words, you know, whole person approaches, a di- you know, a dietitian, an esthetician, we have both on our team. And I find that really being able to look at the whole person, create an individualized approach. Mm-hmm. And most important thing is addressing the underlying condition and not just the symptomatic manifestations is important for that whole person approach to health and wellness and healing. So I really do appreciate that your products not only do that, but also take into account that, again, it's not just a skin health issue, it's a mental health issue. So before you go, any parting words of wisdom? Um, (laughs) Well, I will say one common misconception is that uh, people think, oh, I have acne, I'm oil in my skin is driving acne, and I need to dry out my skin. Um, I would I would plead with you not to do that because (laughs) drying out your skin has a lot of consequences and unfortunately a lot of acne products especially the stronger ones like Accutane cause permanent dryness of the skin stuff that you can't you know dial back so um, drying out your skin damages it a lot and so as a parting word of wisdom I would say don't damage your skin don't dry it out you know inform yourself um, and consider Phyla because I think it, it could make a huge difference in your life. I think that's it. Consider Phyla. Thank you so much, Dr. Barma. Thank you, Lorena. Thanks for joining Women's Health, Wisdom, and Wine. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Think about one gem you can take away from this episode and apply it to your own life. Also, remember to follow us, review us, and give us five stars. Till we meet again, remember, nourish your flourish.